Carden. Blair. Episode nine. Episode nine. You know, I feel like I have to do that every episode just in case either we lose count or somebody loses count. So, um, do you know, do you think Joe Rogan does that? Uh, no, I don't. Cause what would he be like? Yeah, I don't oh, so. guys, episode 479. Ooh. No, no, no. He's like, he's got to be narrowing in on 2000. Oh, you're kidding. No, he's been, dude, he's been doing podcast since I think 2011. Do you think that he, um, he wakes up and goes, man, podcast again today. All right. You think well, like do you, okay. in the office for him? You know what I mean? Where it's like the, the typical, like, man, I'm okay. I'm glad that one's done. Yeah. Well, so let me ask you this. Do you listen to Joe Rogan? I don't. Nope. I don't. Okay. So I, I, I kind of binge listen, um, when I'm, when I have a long drive, cause you know, his shows are three hours long Oh boy. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't commute to work or anything. So like sometimes if I'm working or doing something, if I have a long stretch, yeah. When I can dedicate, because I, I guess one thing I don't like to do is listen to a little and then do something else and listen to a little yeah, bit more. I yeah, like to yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah, block off. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, in, in listen to his podcast at, at three hours, he really, he gets into it. I mean, it, it seems to me that he really likes, I've read his commentary on it and he really likes what he does. Well, and, and he's, he really likes the guests and he learns a lot. You know, he's always reading books and stuff that to, to kind of prepare yeah. um, for his guests and stuff. So I don't know. I, I think he's still, and you know, plus he's making a, you know, a ton of money. Doing well, that it. helps too. Yeah. That helps too. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes, uh, maybe it's just, maybe I'm doing it just for my own, um, uh, mental state because i i want to th- look at those guys and so every occasionally think like man some days they just don't want to be in the office but i think that's also human nature right i mean yeah, i'm sure absolutely. there are some days where he comes in and he's like man didn't sleep well this or that and now i got to do a three-hour podcast with this guy on what does he even do this guy about hunting or something he does hunt yeah well, uh, you know, it's it, okay. Looking back, and it's funny you said that because I've listened to some of his podcasts, and sometimes he's kind of a dick. Oh, really? Like, it, well, yeah, like in that, it, it's kind of almost indicative of him kind of being in a bad mood, or tired, or he's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was just kind of a dick, and and other times he's just you know most times I I think he's a really good host, and I enjoy listening to him. But there's been a few people on that I don't know if they just rub him the wrong way, or he's not really into it, or like what you said, he's just a little burned out or something. But yeah, he can be he can be kind of a dick about it. Um, you know, so I don't know, but but you know, again, at that level, you know, where he's making. A lot of money. He's doing, I think, two or three a week. Yeah. So he's pumping them out. Yeah. Uh, speaking of dicks. Um, oh, my. <laughs> were we? <laughs> were, were we? Fuck yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, uh, we're uh, uh, we're uh, potty training my youngest this weekend. Oh, geez. Yeah. Now, now, okay, so you're kind of framing that up as it's an event. Like, okay, this weekend. Yeah. We're going to potty train. It, it is. Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly how we went into it. And I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that we did really any research on it. We just kind of decided, uh, yeah. mentally we think he's ready. He understands the whole thing. And my whole thing is like, and I think Jenna is the same way that, you know, teaching by to swim by throwing him in the lake with some of that stuff. 
So it's like this, we did a whole ritual like, Hey, go grab all your diapers. Time to put them in the trash. Cause you're a big boy. And look at these things. Oh, look that's that good. shiny, <laughs> shiny new underwear. Put that thing on. Oh man. How does that feel? <laughs> so, <laughs> no. so, you, so you're getting, I mean, you're, you're getting the kid pumped up for this. Oh yeah. We're getting them pumped up and you know, we were in there. He, I think the first time he peed, Mark, the, the older one was in there. We were all in there. We were clapping and hooting and hollering. And it was like, man, it was like we send somebody to the moon, but it was really just a little bit of, a little bit of pee. And actually a lot of it was on his pants, but some made it to the toilet. But man, he was, he, you yeah, shouldn't see him. He was, he was, he was all about it. He loved it. Well, yeah, no, I, I actually, I, that's exactly what we did. You, you know, I, I feel like, um, and in, in with parenting and and with coaching too, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities because yeah. you're you know you're raising other people's kids right. when you're coaching, yeah. but but the positive reinforcement, you just can't you can't beat it. No, you can't. You know, you know what's funny about the whole it, experience? He he did, he latched onto it really well. Uh, he hasn't pooped in, in the potty. I'm saying at all. Like for how long? <laughs> well, that's what I mean. He is like <laughs> somehow he is quit pooping and we're talking about a kid that was filling some days two diapers before we were going to daycare or going to school i think i think freud would say he's in his anal retentive stage (laughs) (laughs) no sir well i'm I'm being dead serious retaining for sure yeah (laughs) unless after a couple days we're gonna be freaking finding a little a little poop pile hidden behind it well he might be, dude, he might just be constipated too. You know, little dudes, that happens to little dudes. <laughs> you might just have to inter- intervene there a little that bit. That might be what it is. How am I supposed to inter... Oh, I guess I'm... Uh, leave that up to the mom. That's what I say. Yeah. You don't, you, don't want, you don't want your little dude staring you in the eye when you're having to do that. No, so you leave that up to mom. Hey, look away, you. Look away. <laughs> well that you know what that's exciting and and that you know with you guys with your he's your youngest so that's kind of uh it's kind of closing the chapter yeah which is it, it kind of crazy to even think about it seemed like all we had there for a while was just being elbow deep in diapers and now and yeah i i hate i hate to even say this but it is going by so fast yeah i know because you sound you sound like what everybody says what everybody you know when you have kids everybody that's got kids older than yours go well you better just you know and, and it is true but i'll tell you something with my own perspective is i i went into parenting knowing it goes fast because that's all i ever heard was oh boy it goes fast so um when it came to getting up in the middle of the night and feeding the little babies and i i loved it all because i knew even though it was kind of a drag some nights and some days, it doesn't last. It's it's going to be over. And and I'm so glad because I can look back and I don't have any regret that I didn't spend enough time with my 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 kids when they were really little. You know, when kids are like zero to two, there's not you know there's not a lot going on. It's just it's just this development. And you just need to be there for them and interact with them. You know, and then when they get older and they're moving around and they become more interactive, it's easier, especially as a dad. Yeah, you know. But but I really embraced the the infancy too. I I loved it. I really did. Yeah, and I, uh, I the same way. 
well, I guess, well, okay. You say you love it. I'm kind of the same way as in it's miserable. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I don't really mean that. I love the boys 100%, but some days it's just, it is a grind. I mean, some days it is, it is a grind. It is. And even when I look back, I mean, we are, so our second one was born like a year apart to the day and there, I can't even like, if I rack my brain and like really sit and concentrate, I think I can remember him in the crib in our room like four times Jeez. i know but it's just well, like but, but you know the one that was still you know in the crib this guy was brand new he was in the crib we had one year old it was just like sleepwalking in between two cribs right right well and you know we made a conscious decision to have our kids young um, well, our first one wasn't a conscious decision. It was an accident, you know, cause <laughs> well, part my, of it was a conscious decision. My, <laughs> yeah, I think, but you know, we were still in college, man. How yeah. stupid were we? You know, we're, we're, you know, my wife was in her, uh, well, she, she went to nursing school. So it was the year before her clinicals started. So she did two years and then had two years of clinicals. I was finishing up my bachelor's and we got married and, you know, and she wasn't pregnant when we got married or anything. We thought, well, hell, we're going to do it anyway. We might as well just get it done. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like 11 months later, she's pregnant. Yeah. And we didn't yeah. really plan that out very well. Because, you know, it's stressful being a new married couple anyway. Yes. And we're still in college. Yeah. And then you throw a baby in the mix. But, you know, it just, it, it was what it was. And we we dealt with it. And um, so, yeah, I mean, well, if, I, I just, yeah, I, I loved it if all. You, if you'd go back, though, would you do it later? Like, look at us. So we're, okay, so Mark is going to be four. Kessler's going to be three, right? So yeah, we, you're going to be about 70 when they graduate high school, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It feels like I might have the mental age of a seven. Uh, so, but, so, you know, 26, 27, I'll be, I'll be 32 in a couple weeks. So that, you know, puts us at. Right. No, like, I would you would you go back? Would you do it later? Or would you just, you know, would you plunge right back? Probably the well, everything turned out okay. Right. So it's it I can't say, oh, it was awful. I mean, it, it was tough and it added a lot of stress in our lives just between the college and then working. And then, you know, and I gotta say my wife took the brunt of it because she had to do her nursing clinicals, yeah, you know, eight, nine months pregnant. And then when she was studying for her nursing boards and stuff, we had a newborn. Plus, our our little our little dude had a heart problem. Oh yeah. So we, we had to stack that. Yeah, he we almost lost him when he was three weeks old. Um, he, there was an undiagnosed um, heart problem. So I mean, you talk about stress on stress on yeah, stress, seriously. but but you know you just get through it, and we did. And so I mean, w would it have been less stress if we would have yeah. maybe thought about it? Probably, yeah. but you know, as long all's well that's end that ends well. Yeah, kind that's of a true. Thing. And you know um, what? It is it is that classic thing, and and we're not very far into it, so I shouldn't even say to it. But even us, just looking back over the four years, you go, how did we end up? You know, I mean, Jenna was literally, she, she's, you know, taking her test to become certified as an LCPC and the, the, she finishes her test and then calls her nurse and says, Hey, my blood pressure is kind of high. Um, I just wanted oh, to call geez. and check. And the nurse says, you need to get to this hospital now. And so she drives cause she's, you know, an hour and a half away from the hospital cause Right. She drives there and has, we have Mark in two days after, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. So you look back and I'm sure, see, you know, it's the exact same thing with you. You kind of go, how did, 
how did we do it? You, you just, you know what? You just do it. You just do it. Yeah. And, and it, it, you know, there was definitely times it wasn't fun and right. it was, it, you know, it's work, but, but, you know, and now, um, he, he just, I, I, I just, you know, I just, I love having kids and I love the, the phases of having kids. And now, you know, my youngest is a young man. He's, you know, a young adult. And now I'm, I'm getting to know my children as, you know, adults. And I, and I love that too. And then you bring in grandkids. I mean, it's just, you know, I love the whole thing. And I, I just feel like, you know, if you were to kind of script it, you know, and try to plan everything to perfection, I don't think you can do that. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't I, life doesn't work that way. No, you know, it, as much as I think we, as people like to flatter ourselves to think we really control things, we don't, Yeah, we don't. you know, yeah. there's certain things maybe, but you know, and I, and I've known people, you know, they're going to get down to the day they get pregnant and they're going to, they're going to make sure their job is this and that. And, you know, if that works for you, great. But I, I think I view life as a little bit more organic and free flowing than that. And, um, I, again, it, everything's turned out, you know, well, so I can't regret anything. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and when you have that mentality going into it, it makes it easier to one release control and two roll with it. Cause you know, there's this stuff yeah. that is just going to happen. You know what I mean? And, and it, you, you, you gotta just be able to roll with stuff. And I, and I have a, a, a tough time with that. That's why babies are a little harder for me. Cause I am a control freak. Okay. <laughs> so which makes it yeah, babies didn't read that book on control. No, exactly. so. And you know, it well, doesn't work it, when it, you sit them down and you, you need to just look at me like, you're going to poop now. Yes. You're going to poop now. <laughs> daddy said, so, yeah. you know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's a lot of good rationale with that, but yeah. it just doesn't. Well, and the, and the, you know, the hint with flexibility with kids is, I mean, I think that is if somebody was to, if, if somebody was going to put me on the spot and say, what's the most important, you know, characteristic of being a parent, I'm going to say being flexible, yeah. you know, yeah. understanding that kids are, are little people and, you know, they, they think differently and you gotta, you gotta try to, you gotta try to kind of keep in touch with your inner child and relate to where they're at. Yeah. You know, and you know, you could so, make the same argument that that's probably, gosh, that's for everything. The, the being able to be flexible. I mean, there, there's few and far between yep. instances where flexibility is not just, you know, a great thing to have. It just changes your mentality yeah. and being able to change too, too rigid and causes you to, to crash easily. Yep. And, and I think, and <clears throat> that is a good segue into our topic for this episode. Oh yeah. Which we're is going to do a topic for this episode. Kabam. Yeah. <laughs> I think our topic was just talking about our kids and what awesome dads we yeah, are. Yeah. And uh, I think that could cover, yeah, we could cover an hour with that easy. Strong dads too. Get my wife on here. She'd just go on and on about what a wonderful husband and father I am. Yeah. That'd be about a five minute podcast. <laughs> so, so tonight's episode is about bam, working out, working out. Yep. Yeah. Working out, and we've we've hit around this so many times. I mean, we, yeah. we've, uh, we've <laughs> how many podcasts have, have we started with with healthy living and working out and stuff? I think all of them. I I think we've actually joked about it on every single podcast that somewhere somewhere in our banter, working out and exercise or something, and and it's not like you and I are a couple of workout freaks because you know we're not. No, it's just it's a big part of both of our lives, yep. and it has been for a while. Yep. Um, so we said, you know what, let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. So, and I think every um, time we banter, you're like, you know, this could fill up a whole podcast. So that's why we're, yeah. 
you know, this is actually a topic for a full podcast. So bingo, here it is. Yeah. So, so, okay. So, so what we decided was yeah. because this is a, a loaded topic, there's a lot to talk about. Totally. We're, we're actually going to to turn this into a two part topic. Yeah. We're going to talk about exercising, working out yep. tonight. Mm-hmm. And then our next episode, we're going to talk about the nutritional end. Yes. And so I guess I'll kind of reiterate my background. This, this is kind of what I did professionally for a lot of years. Um, I, I got my bachelor's in exercise science, and then I became certified with the National Strength and Conditioning Association as a certified strength and conditioning specialist. Um, I was also certified through the American College of Supports Medicine, and I worked professionally in both the the health and fitness field, and then I worked in sports medicine for for many years. Yeah. Um, I was a director of sports medicine at a hospital for about nine years in wellness, I guess. So um, I spent you know, thousands of hours of working with people, um, developing all sorts of programs, a lot of athletes, but then also a lot of just normal Joe's and Joanne's, um, trying to get in, in better shape and stuff. Yeah. And for me, I just, uh, um, I just love to eat. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and you represent, <laughs> and you I represent, represent the, yeah, the, I just, uh, a great case study, a great case study. Yeah. Well, well, I love to eat. Um, and did that, uh, and just so well, I did really good. And I was, that might be a topic for another podcast is you were a great eater. I was such a good eater. Oh uh, yeah. No, I, I, uh, probably, I would say probably a decade ago, um, when I made some, some general lifestyle changes, but also moved to Montana, kind of began this, the wheel of, of the workout, if you will, where it kind of, um, went in waves, but, um, ended up where I was, uh, made a, a pretty massive lifestyle change to be to the point where I'm, I'm at now. And over the course of that, I think there's, a, I think I started probably pushing to 30 to 35 and I sit just below, um, 200 now, which is not, that's not necessarily about weight. Cause that's not, I don't necessarily care about that, but it's more about the fact that that's kind of the culmination of kind of healthier choices right. in my life is kind of what I'm getting at. So. And, and Cardin, you're, you are what, six feet, six one? Yeah, I'm about six one, probably six two on a good day. Depends on what shoes you're wearing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, yeah. So, so 235 pounds at, at six foot or six one, um, you know, that's cause you're, I mean, I would consider you a medium framed person. Yeah. Yeah. But I was for sure. Um, yes, but I was, um, the classic, I wouldn't say I was skinny fat, but I would say I was definitely soft. Mm-hmm. Definitely soft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and when I got to know you, you'd, you'd been in Montana for a little bit mm-hmm. and this is when we coached together. Yep. And I still remember actually this kind of a funny story because, uh, my wife had never met you Yeah. and we pull up to the grocery store and you're coming out with a six pack of beer and like five frozen pizzas. Yeah, buddy. And you and my wife goes, well, okay, he's kind of living the bachelor life, isn't he? And I'm like, yeah, uh, Carden, yeah. he's a bachelor, and he's and you're like, hey, man, what's going on? And I'm like, okay, enjoy that beer and all the pizza. And I man. did. Let me tell you, I did. <laughs> but at that point, you know, too, in in all fairness to myself, I was a, a first year teacher, and I was uh, so I was getting to the school at about six thirty, and I was teaching, you know, of course, all day long, trying to figure that out and then going right to practice. Um, right after that, especially that football season and practice till 730, you know, be back at eight. Yep. And then I'd, I'd be working until nine or 10. I mean, I would grade papers till nine and do 
and do prep till about nine. And then I had, I was an English teacher and I was teaching books that I was literally a chapter ahead of my students. Most of the time. <laughs> some of them you just, you just, Hey, welcome to your new job. Here you go. Here's a closet full of books that you'll be teaching. Hey, can I get this? Yeah. Nope. What about these? Books? Nope. Mm, nope. So, so what you're saying though is, so you, you were kind of at that point, um, it was a lifestyle thing. Yep, it was. And, and you hadn't been, but but you've talked about on previous episodes that you really didn't do sports in high school. I mean, you tried and it just didn't work out. Yep. So so working out was not something you'd spent much time doing, no, correct? I, I literally spent no time doing it. I mean, I, I didn't. I, I enjoyed sports, so I would play like basketball recreationally and stuff like that. But I was never, ever a guy that went out and, man, I wasn't even... I didn't even do push-ups. I mean, I, I hate to, I hate to even say it, but when I joined the military, it was a struggle for me to get my push-ups up. Even I mean, I was yeah. I was hurting. My back was hurting from doing sit-ups because of how weak my core was. I mean, I was yeah. It 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 was yeah. I was soft. Definitely was soft. So so let me ask you this. So you're a young guy. Yeah. You know, but but you were a little bit older than typical because you'd already got your degree and you'd taught for a few years. So you actually weren't. You know, comparatively, you were not 18. No. So did you feel intimidated when you joined the army and you had to go in there against these these younger guys? Well, I, did, I, I mean, were you intimidated I, physically? I wouldn't say I was physically intimidated because I was a, as a teacher, you know. So and by that, I just mean I, I knew that these young men were kids. I mean, coming straight out of high school, these eight, right. 18, 18 year olds. And some of them, of course, had some maturity about them, but a lot of them didn't. You know, they just... I, I don't want to say they weren't worldly that, but they just didn't know so much about the world that I think, and we talked about this before that it took on so, so early on a mentorship role that it was like, I don't even care how many pushups I do, but also, right. you know, I had worked <laughs> prior to that. And I think um, that's where it really flipped the switch. I had thought about um, a lot of uh, healthy life changes and things like that. And when I was in college, I started running a little bit more. I ran my first half marathon um, in college and uh um kind of dabbled with that and started working out and kind of was hitting the gym a little bit and stuff and then then i think really meeting you that that first year coaching football and then that combined with the kind of ramp up to the military is really when the flip kind of switched mm -hmm. well yeah you de you definitely did as far as what what i saw is you started coming in and working out with us because because i used to lift um three to four mornings a week with you know, whatever athletes or whatever kids would want to come in, I would open the weight room and then I would get my workouts in the morning too, if I could. So there was a lot of times when you're just busy coaching other kids and stuff, but, um, no, but you, yeah, you got going and, um, you, you came in and that's, you know, and, and, uh, let me tell you, um, cause I've worked at, at, you know, quite a few health club type places. Most of them were more related to sports medicine, but, um, working out in high school is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for somebody, especially a young man like you to come in there and we had some, we had some studs. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were some big kids and some big, strong kids. And I'd had those kids lifting for years. And I know just as a man, that's intimidating when an 18 year old is 235 pounds right. and is benching 350 and stuff. And that's, that's intimidating, you know, and I, um, but, but you did great. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. But, but don't you think that's across the board? I mean, think about people that are trying to to get in and, and 
and get to the gym for the very first time, how intimidating just the gym is in general. It is, it is. But, but I'm, I'm just telling you, um, that that scenario in high school is even more intimidating because look, look at this Cardin. If you look at a health club, yeah. if you walk in your typical health club, there's going to be some gym rats in there yeah. and some big sure. dudes yeah. and stuff, but there's, there's, there's so much more of a diversified crowd, right? But you were coming in lifting with varsity athletes, wrestlers, football guys, you know, and basketball guys. But that group that I had, they were, they were dedicated lifters. Yeah. You know, they were, these were boys and some girls that had been coming in a lot of those kids for four years, right. you know, if they were seniors. So, so I, you know, I, I, you're not giving yourself enough credit because that is not an easy situation to come into. And, and especially as a teacher yeah. where yeah. You, you may get yeah. kind of, you know, but I will say this, that the kids that I, that I coached and worked with were good kids and intimidation. I used to, I used to pair up freshmen and seniors for that very reason, you know, because, you know, people, people always in this, in this, I'll draw some parallels to, to, to everybody, but people don't realize that everybody has to start somewhere, yeah, Exactly. you know, yep. and when you see the biggest, strongest guy in the gym, he was weak. At some point, right. he was smaller at some point and he got to where he is or her. And, and, you know, I, I definitely don't want to take anything away from, from women, um, in, in lifting and, in working out and stuff because they, you know, I've had so many examples where young women, um, just work their asses off yeah. and they get just incredible gains. And, and I'm not just talking strength. I'm talking, you know, cause most of the kids that I worked with, it was an athletic you know, performance type setting. Right. Right. So it wasn't just about getting big and jacked. It was about using strength as a tool to become better athletes. Right. Okay. Um, but, but it just, you know, you see how people develop and what you said earlier about the intimidation, it is, it is a very real thing, but I constantly kept trying to remind people and get people to understand everybody has to start somewhere. Right. And, and that ties back into why I would pair up freshmen with seniors is, you, you, you know, you, you remember high school, that's a very intimidating thing to, if you're a freshman, yeah. you know, and, and so when, when you, when you, we get rid of that fear factor and, and you make people feel a little bit more comfortable and accepted, yeah. it, it takes, it takes this huge weight off and then they can, then they can focus on why they're actually there. Yeah. And I think, I, I think you, yeah, you definitely... Uh, this is what I should say is that I think that that's why I was able to make a change at that particular time. Cause I think that I finally became okay with being terrible. Meaning that I, w I was in a spot where I was like, okay, well I, you know, I've, I'm, I've made this plunge into the military. This is where they are expecting me to be. I don't have any choice now. Um, I have to set my pride aside in order to to get somewhere. You know what I mean? Right. So at that point yeah. I said, I, I, who cares where I'm starting at? I know where I need to be. So I've got to start somewhere. And, uh, and like you said too, those kids were good. I'm sure that there are some, there are some shots that were, <laughs> that, were <laughs> that were happening, like some Mr. Moore stuff. But when you, when you sign, uh, in the weight room and you sign papers for, for kids that are giving you a hard time for not being able to lift, it, it helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I, I just, I didn't, that's just not something I put up with of those kids is, you know, there was, there was no bullying or intimidation. And, and, you know, I, I, even the biggest, strongest kids, I, I, I tried to keep them humble. 
Um, and, and for a lot of reasons, but part of, part of my coaching and, and even when you're working with people outside of, you know, school, not just athletes, but you're trying to develop them as young men and women, right. you know, in character. And a lot of that just carries over so much. And so, um, empathy and, and understanding is, is, you know, a big, big part of that. And, in the, and I saw that so many times in my profession with working with people, that same scenario of people being in an environment they're it's, they're out of their element. You know, yep. they come in to work out and they're, they're overweight. Yep. They're out of shape. They haven't taken good care of themselves yep. and something, something's kind of motivating them and pushing them. And the last thing you want to do is to, to, you know, to squash that, 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 budding motivation oh for sure you know yeah and there's in there and and it's it's hard enough like you said it's hard enough just to just to walk in the door sometimes you know it is it is and and something that was you know and i i I used to tell this story over and over but you know you play guitar yeah right uh you know if you hit uh for example a g chord it's gonna sound it's gonna sound the same Every time you hit that G chord, every time you put your fingers on those particular strings and hit that, it's going to sound just like a G chord, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you've hit that G chord enough times, you know. Well, exercising is is very similar. I, I had been through this so many times with people. And what I'm getting at is if they do what I'm trying to help them to do, and if they're consistent, they will get in results. They will show improvement. Even though they look in the mirror or they size themselves up and say, "This, I'm, I'm beyond it," I know, just like the G chord, I know the result if they stick with it. And that's the hardest part when you're working with people is getting them to believe in what you're saying and what you're telling them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because what I see is potential. What they see is what looks back at the, in, in the mirror, you know, well, and, it, and it's a, we've talked about this before and it's, it's, it's a, it's a short term goal, but it's a, it's a long, it's a long haul. I mean, you, you don't see results right away, which can be disheartening, you know, it almost mm-hmm. seems like in, in my own experience, it all only seems like to me, maybe in the last four years that I've actually seen any results physically. I mean, I've, I've definitely lost some weight and things like that, but I, I just mean like, looking in the mirror, it's, it's totally different, but, but that being said, but my cardiovascular health and all of those things have, have tremendously, um, gained, you know? So sometimes the, the the results are not even something that you can physically even see. Well, you know, a a big part. So when I, when I would get people in, you know, and, and, and I'm going to step out of the athletes, you know, um, I'm talking just normal, um, man and woman that come into exercise. Um, the first thing I sit down with them is we, we, we talk about goals. You know, I need to understand, I need to get in their head a little bit and understand why they're there. Yeah. You know, and same thing with you. If, if, you know, when you, when you started lifting with us and stuff, we didn't have this, you know, this introspective, Oh, this is really what I'm trying to do. You know, it was pretty obvious. You came in, you started lifting weights. You hadn't lifted weights much before you're going to get stronger, you know, but, but it is really important for me. Um, and I, I think a lot of good fitness instructors and that type of people, you have to understand where people are coming from. Right. And, and your motivation may not be my motivation. 
Okay. Yeah. And, and the rationale, you know, I, I, I remember I worked out, I trained a, a woman who came in and she had bought a swimsuit that was like three or four sizes too small for a cruise yeah. that was coming up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't like that. And, I, and I'll tell you why, because she had this swimsuit and I knew she was going to reach her goal, but what about after the cruise? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, so going back to what you just said, Cardin, the, the goal setting part of this is huge. It, it's crucial. It's critical, but you have to, you know, and I, I don't want to be definitive. I think it's best to have short term, midterm and long-term goals. Yeah, for sure. And as you achieve a goal, you know, you need to then, if it's a short-term goal, such as I need to show up three times a week for a month, be consistent. Okay. You get that month done you extend it out. Okay. So, so you, you keep evaluating and, and readjusting your goals as you succeed. Yeah. And if you falter, no, no worries. You know, you can pick up where you left off, but you know, you have to, you have to at least kind of keep your eye on the prize and know where you're going, but you, you can't, you know, and that was the, the example of the lady with the cruise, there was an end point there and she had nothing past that. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, there, there was no main maintain it. It was go to the cruise, eat all the shrimp and lobster I can and, yeah. you know, <laughs> go back up to a size 12 or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So the, the goal setting becomes, you know, really, really important. And so when I would sit down with people and try to understand where they were coming from, that was the information I needed to, to then, start the process. Yeah. And there, and yeah, which, which is good. And mentally, I mean, this is the, I think the, the biggest thing too, is that the goal setting is so important mentally, but really at the end of the day, you have to get in, at least in my head, in my experience, you have to get to a point where, um, your goal is no longer like, for example, right now, I don't have any goals at all for working out. I, I, because I feel like I've, I've moved to a point now where, um, it is such a, an important part of my life for mental clarity and for focus throughout the day that when I miss back to back days or two or three days, I, I can just tell that I'm in a different mental state than I typically am when I'm in the gym. Um, right. right. And, and it's not, so my goal, my goal is just purely being able to function sometimes to like, Hey, if I can get on the treadmill, if I can run, if I can do these things that it gives me time to reset, it gives me time to refocus. Um, I kind of use that time as some meditation time as well. And that's really right. my goal is to be able to, okay, this is the time that I need to, to kind of refocus my attention and stuff. And that's what I use the gym gym for now. But before that I had to have those goals just to get me in the doors. Well, absolutely. And, and that's a, that's a great observation because what you're talking about is you've done it long enough to see the other side. You, you've seen the benefits, you've seen the, the mental health, the, the stress relief, you've seen the weight reduction, you've seen the improvement in your, in your health. And that once you get people to start to actually realize and, and in real time, see those, you know, those, those benefits. Yeah. Then you start to sink the hook. The, the, the where you lose people is, is before they really get to that point where they really feel and see the difference. Yeah. You know, it's and and you know, there's there's a lot of reasons for that. If I was to simplify it just, you know, for the sake of this conversation, I'm gonna say people did not people do not 
put in the time and the effort to even get to that point where they really start to see the results. And I'm not going to put all the blame on the individuals because this is where I, I start to get kind of territorial with, with coaching. And I, I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of different types of, of fitness coaches and, and strength conditioning guys. And I, I can, let me put them into two camps. Okay. The hard ass camp and the, the, I'm going to say nurturing camp. Cause I don't know the better, the hard ass camp is, Hey man, you got to bust you. You want, you know, nobody's going to pamper you. It's the boot camp mentality. Yeah, yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta just get in there and bust your ass. And if you want improvement, you, you know, there's only one way to do it. Right. Okay. That's going to work with a certain amount of people. Yep. Okay. The nurturing one, like what you're doing with your boys in potty training mm-hmm. is more focused around, you have to be flexible with people and, and they need to understand they may not succeed right away. Right. You know, and when, when you're, when you're trying to set a lifestyle change into somebody to make it exactly what you already described, where you don't even know why you're doing it, but you, you know, you don't want to quit right? because you know what life is like without it. You want to make sure that you reinforce that, but also be understanding. I mean, there, there has to be a point in time where if they don't show up, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And I, you you have to establish that. I mean, so so you have to, you know, you have to be realistic about it and say, listen, if you're not willing to put in the time right. and the effort, you can't expect the results that you're looking for. No, and you, you, you know, you harp that hard on me when I first, that's, that's one of the main lessons that I remember um, that you kind of said from the beginning was, it was kind of, in, in my mind, maybe this is not exactly what he said, but in my mind, it was, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't really matter what you do like in, in this stage at the beginning stage, doesn't really matter what you do when you get here. You just need to be here there. You just get there, get there and be consistent and keep showing up and we'll, everything else will kind of come. You'll learn all this stuff, but you just need to keep showing up. You just need to stay consistent and you just, and then, and I did, you know, I said, okay, I'm just going to be consistent regardless of if I don't know what I'm doing or if I'm, you know, <laughs> you know, I'll learn that whole aspect of it because it, it'll either hurt and I'll do something else or, or you know, even if you want to do something I do, well, I know how to get on the treadmill. Okay. Well, you're consistent. At least you're doing that. You know what I mean? And that's right. kind of built in the consistency. And then I go, oh, okay, well that, you know, in my mind kind of works this way anyway. It's where I went, okay, well what should I be doing? What is my regimen? I'm looking at other people. And then you finally feel comfortable enough to be like, okay, what is that lift? Or I need to be looking into that. Or should I be doing right, this? And then, right. and then you get to where you're researching like, okay, how should I be running and all this stuff. And in the midst of that too, I think it's uh, a good, you know, Jenna and I met and she was in the same mindset too, which helped a ton. I mean, our first year we did that marathon and uh and that was you know just an experience in training and and all of that in and of itself but that was so like a together thing too it was something that we just sure you know would go on these long runs together and we have a lot of time to talk and like such a it was just a great thing for us to do in that first year um just totally well absolutely yeah absolutely absolutely great well, and, and you know, that, that is a, I guess that kind of touches on a, an issue that I, I saw several times is, is when you have a couple and one of the couple wants to make some changes. Yeah. Okay. Let's, I'm just going to draw a scenario out. So you, you have a man and a woman that are married, neither one of them exercise, maybe they're both overweight. Um, one of them, either the man or the woman decides, you know what, I'm not happy with this. I don't like how I feel. 
and they they start you know they 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 get out of their comfort zone and they start it's amazing you would you would assume Okay. Yeah. That the spouse is like supportive. The one that's not doing this. You think, oh yeah, no, I'm good for you, honey. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not saying it was never like that. I can say a lot of times there was resentment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm not good enough for you anymore. Pretty soon you're going to be, you know, you me looking at some, some dude or lady at the gym or something, you know, right. and, and there's this yeah. insecurity about it. Right. There is, you know, for sure. And you know, I think that extends to some a little bit as they used to, you know, you, you're sacrificing time now differently or you're spending time now differently. So one person prioritizes going to the gym or working out and, and that time maybe that was used to spend together doing other stuff is spent now working out or at the gym. So, you know, it, and it does, and I bet it does build resentment for sure. Well, and I'm, I'm sure there was probably some of that, but my, I'm thinking it's the same scenario when I, when I worked at the hospital, when you have a couple that smoke yeah. and one of them quits smoking, you would you would kind of assume the other would be kind of happy for them and supportive. Not the case really? in, in a lot of cases. Really, so you would think that when somebody takes steps to make a positive change in their life, that somebody that supposedly loves that person and supports that person would be all in. Yeah. Right? Would say that's yeah. awesome. I'm really glad you're doing this. And again, I, I'm not trying to paint the picture that it never happened that way. I'm just saying in a lot of situations I saw, it actually caused conflict. Interesting. You know, I, I don't have any experience with that, but I can t tell you the experience of the exact opposite is that um, Jenna is so much of a motivating factor for me um, a lot. I mean, she she was, you know, we're both waking up early now to work out, but there was a time there where she was getting up early and, and working out prior to going, uh, prior going to work. And, and I had the opportunity to work out actually at work. So I, I was still staying in bed, but there's a, there's a long time she was getting up early in the morning and, and, and doing workouts. And then now we're both in that boat. So now we're both waking up early and doing workouts and things like that. And even on days, she's like the classic, like we're so much alike, but even on days where she's like, um, oh, tired i barely got any workout and like the stuff that she's doing is like yeah right like <laughs> you know what i mean like it's she's just motivating it's just so nice to be in a situation where on days where i wake up and i'm like i don't want to do this at all she's like out of bed and she's got her stuff on she's ready to go yep. and, and you're like okay okay you're right you're right you're right you know um and, and that's how it was for the marathon training too for sure it was that kind of pushing each other there'd be <laughs> there'd be days you see on the schedule you know we have a 15 mile run on Saturday and yeah. plan out the whole thing. And I just, <laughs> there's so many runs. I'm sure that Jenna just absolutely hated me. Cause those first three, four miles, I was like, don't even talk to me. This is terrible. Why are we doing this? Like, okay, great. We still got 10 miles. Left. My, my knees hurt. <laughs> yeah, I want to go home. Exactly. <laughs> you know, she was pretty, she was pretty rock steady, you know? Well, you're, you're very fortunate because she is a, you know, and I, I think that kind of lends itself to the type of work she does as a counselor, but yeah. she's, yeah, she is a wonderful person and she's very patient and, um, I don't know what she's doing with you. I haven't quite figured that out, yeah, but, but you, you know, you, you lucked out, buddy. Yeah, you lucked you know, out. It is funny. You got yourself. She does extend that a lot too. And I don't want to speak for her. And definitely at some point we need to have her on and talk about anxiety. We had, we had talked sure. about anyways, but to kind of bring it full circle, I know we talked about my anxiety and you know, of course this, this gym plays a big factor in that as well. Once I started realizing yeah. how much of a, uh, how good it was for my mental health. 
Um, but that's just something that Jenna talks about a lot too with, um, is the, the, the mental health and the mixture of mental health and exercise and activity and how much that can really, really help people so much. And I know it's had a tremendous effect on me for sure. Well, and it, it, you know, and I, I, sometimes I'm, I'm, I don't even like to bring it up, you know, and, and I don't just in casual conversation, you know, I, I don't bring up working out with, cause you know, it's a really, it's kind of a sore subject with people yeah. and a sore subject in, in, as in some people resent people that are like Uber workout and stuff. And I, and I like to categorize, to categorize myself, I exercise pretty consistently about three to four days a week. Okay. Yeah. Um, and my, my reasoning for, for, I'm on a, basically a maintenance program. Okay. When I was in college, I used to do powerlifting and I was a pretty big guy. Um, and it was all, you know, I had a completely different mindset then it was about getting big yeah. and it was about getting strong. Yeah. Um, now forget it. You know, I, I peaked strength wise when I was 23 or 24. Um, and the writing was on the wall and, and I'll kind of lump this into the, you know, I want to talk about some other aspects of it, but the powerlifting end of it is, you know, I'll just say it flat out. Powerlifting is not healthy. Um, and there, there's good ways of doing it and bad ways of doing it, yeah. but the nature of powerlifting is destructive now, on the body. On the body. So you're talking about purely on, you're basically talking joints then? Yeah. Yeah. Connective tissue joints. I'm, I'm saying you're going to pay the price eventually if you engage in that for long enough. It, I mean, it's just a matter of fact, I, you know, I've had, um, one torn bicep, a torn rotator cuff. I have another torn rotator cuff that I'll probably have to get repaired. Now these aren't recent. One, one of them I did in a, actually, so I had torn both my rotator cuffs in college. And one of them I had, when I did, uh, jujitsu, I was in a jujitsu tournament and I tore, you know, completely tore it. And so I had to get the bicep and the, and the rotator cuff repaired. My other one has been torn since I was probably 23 ish and it's getting so bad now with the pain, you know, I do, I, you know, I do lots of exercises, but when it's broke, it's broke, yeah. you know, and, and the sucker has been torn a long time. Um, but I was the only one out there was a group about seven, eight of us and I didn't compete I didn't do the competitions and travel around. There was a group of guys that did, but almost all of them had had um, hip surgery, knee surgery, shoulder surgery, elbow surgery. I mean, one thing after another, and I've ran into several of them, you know, post-college and none of them are even remotely into powerlifting at all. I mean, it just, it beat their bodies up. Just bad. You. Yeah. You keep doing it, those uh, wiping snatches. Eventually it's just going to come back. <laughs> And then you do that. You, you, you try to clean one jerk, and I'll tell you what—it's it, yeah. You got to clean one jerk. You got to clean them all. And 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 so that was kind of the thing too. When I saw this, um, you know, this kind of this shift. And so so back in my quote unquote era, powerlifting was the, you know, that was if you looked at how like athletes trained football guys, yep. NFL guys, and it was kind of a powerlifting 
routine. And that has all changed. About the time I about the time I graduated from college, or maybe I was a junior, there was a whole new movement coming through with training athletes, and it, it was it was stepping away from the powerlifting mentality and more into functional training. What the, the word functional? What drove became prevalent? The powerlifting. When now was this like? Was this like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger era? Where no, no, no. Well, that's more bodybuilding, and that's power. Powerlifting is purely a strength. You know, it's not about size and and guys, power lifters, you know, they, they, a lot of them um, weren't really aesthetically um, built. Just big. They, they weren't, they weren't out for the tiny waist and the big shoulder. They were just big, strong guys. Now, bodybuilders, um, and there was, I had a friend that was a bodybuilder and he would power lift kind of in his quote unquote off season, but that was definitely not his main thing. Bodybuilders are going, they're, they're more aesthetic, okay, right? Gotcha. Um, lean, much, much leaner. Um, they want to try to get bigger. Um, I mean, it's a it's a completely different thing. We're we're talking about two specialties so, um, uh, of exercise. A, 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 a power is pure is like the strongest man in the world carrying those those rocks. Yep. And and, and yep. bodybuilders like your brute, brute strength is stumble. brute strength. And and that was one of the things too that 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 experience um, it 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 really changed how I coached people because I realized. Um, that I'm not trying to make weightlifters out of any of these athletes. I'm trying to use weights and strength training as a way to become a better athlete. Yeah. And I still say that same with even just normal people, whoever, you know, you're, you're not, you know, we're not looking to make you a committed weightlifter. We're, we're trying to get you to understand that strength is a good thing to have, right? To have strong joints and strong connective tissue right. and strong muscles whether you're a man or woman, even more important as a woman. And, and I, I don't know how many times I had that conversation with women. They said, well, geez, I don't want to, I don't want to lift weights cause I'll get all big and bulky. I'm like, no, you won't. You, you won't. You believe me, you won't. Um, when you see women that look, you know, have the, the physique of a man, that's not normal. Okay. And, and I can almost guarantee you in most cases there's hormones, you know, there's steroids okay. at, at work. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I never had a single woman that lifted weights, um, on what I would consider a functional program that got too muscular. So let's talk ever the functional program then. Cause this is something that I've been in constant debate with. And actually okay. my mom and I were just having this discussion because these are the kind of discussions we have. She's a, a PE teacher retired now, but, uh, and I think she, she's a, a great, um, example of, of why, or a good reason I should say of why, um, our, our family were all kind of geared towards health is because she, you know, really pushed it when we were growing up and things like that. And, um, we've had this discussion, so I, I want to see where you land. What would you recommend heavy lifting with lower sets and reps or, uh, a lower weight with higher reps and sets? Well, it, it goes, you know, that's a, that's a tough question because, I don't even know who we're talking about, you know? So, so I mean, there is no such thing as a generic one workout fits everybody, okay. you know? So, so, you know, kind of going back to what I said about when I, when I did intakes with people, you sit them down you say, so if, if you're a 70 year old woman, yeah. your, your goals are a lot different than a 22 year old guy. Yeah. Right. right. And, and so it really, and I, and I'm not trying to be evasive at all, Cardin. It, it really depends on the the situation. Now, if I could make a blanket statement, and say everybody, every man, woman, and even child, you know, would benefit from being stronger. Yeah. 
I agree, hundred percent. But but when you start using the word functional strength, yeah. you know what functional strength is for a sixty-five year old woman? Yeah, it is yeah. the ability to get out of a chair. Yeah, it is the ability to lift groceries and be independent. It is the ability to walk independently and 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 try to try to exist without pain. Yeah, um, that's a lot different than a twenty-two-year-old. Yeah, true, true. You know, because the the mentality and even even young women, you know, this CrossFit thing. And and people have asked my opinion on CrossFit, and I'll, I'll probably offend people, but I, I there's a reason I think like I do. I have no problem with CrossFit. It's extremely intense, and it is a great way to get in in tip top strength and cardio shape. Yeah. Okay. That's the pros. The cons are it is hard on your body. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I've talked to orthopedic surgeons. As a matter of fact, I went in because I, uh, I have a, two bones in my thumb that are basically becoming, it, it's actually the metacarpals. They're, they're getting fused together because there's no cartilage left. Okay. The first thing the guy asked me is, do you do CrossFit? I says, no. <laughs> really? And he goes, oh, geez. And he kind of rolled his, now this is an orthopedic surgeon. That's funny. The injuries he sees from CrossFit, he, he just, he goes, I can't believe people do this. And it's not CrossFit as, you know, I'm not saying CrossFit is evil. What I'm saying is when you take an intense activity and put people in there where the goal is more weight, more weight, more weight, more weight, more weight, it's something's going to give eventually. It's going to snap, literally. <laughs> well, and when you're doing Olympic lifts, yeah. like the snatch and the clean, you know, those are explosive lifts yeah. and they're not just for everybody. You know, people would argue, people are going to say, oh, that guy's full of crap. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, I do. And I'm a big believer in functional strength. If you want to compete in CrossFit games, then by all means do it. If you're a 40 year old guy trying to get in shape, so you feel better, CrossFit may not be for you. I, I've known personally, Carden, three people to tear their Achilles heel. Oh, and that is a serious injury. Yeah, doing CrossFit? Yes. Yikes, that scares me. Well, it, it, it comes back to the explosiveness, okay? When you're doing a squat, a squat is not an explosive lift, okay? Cleans, push press, snatch, those are explosive, okay? And, and you know what I'm talking about when I say explosive, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, when you're talking power, you're talking speed plus strength. Okay. If you're talking a strength lift, like a bench press in a squat in a lot of traditional, a curl, there's not really a speed element. So you're taking the power out of it. Yeah. You're not, when you add power doing that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a time element part of that, right? It's not explosive. Olympic lifts are very explosive. And, and traditionally that's when you see people you know, really do damage. Well, you, and you do too. I mean, how many videos out there can you see on YouTube when people are completely breaking themselves doing that? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I don't want, I don't, I don't watch them. Yeah, they, I, they, I can't. I, they, they gross me out, man. I, I don't want to watch somebody separate an elbow or blow their knee out or something. And weights again, honestly. And I don't trust me. I'm not doing anything explosive. <laughs> you know? Well, but you know what? And, and, and that's the thing. And, and my nephews have come worked out with me before and, and they remember, you know, they remember how big I used to be and how strong. And, and, and this is a true story. I can't max with what I used to warm up with. Okay. And there's no shame in that because I, you know, I, I'm okay with that. 
you know, my ego is long gone. Yeah. I, that, that does not bother me whatsoever. Okay. Because I know, as a matter of fact, had I tried to live in the moment like that and, and try to keep those glory days going, it would have killed me. Yeah. You know, I would have, I would just kept breaking myself down. Right. And, and that is a big part of how I coach and train people is I don't want people to live in pain as they get older. I want you to take care of your body so you don't get to be 40 or 50 or 60 years old and have chronic pain because of stupid shit you did when you were young trying to prove something. Yeah. And you know, you know? I'm kind of at that phase where I really got to start thinking about that because I, uh, I, you know, I love to run and I'm getting more and more into to running and I just enjoy the heck out of it. And, you know, especially in Montana, being able to run in mountains and it's, it's just great. You know, I, I, I honestly do love it, but I can tell I get in those phases, especially in the summer where all my cardio, I'm, I'm like, I'm a triathlon guy. So I've got a couple of this in summer that I'm trying to do. So my cardio, I vary between on the bike and on the treadmill and do some hit exercises and kind of throw that in with, with traditional right. like lifting. But right now, you know, I don't have a gym, so I'm just doing body weight stuff at home, which has been great. Um, actually, you know what? It's been great on my joints and stuff. I've lost a lot of the sure. that I had before, but anyways, that all being sure. I, in the summer though, you know, it's hard for me when it's nice outside and I have the time to not run. So my miles per week kind of just start going up and up and up and up and up. And I can tell after doing that for, you know, towards the end of the summer, I really start wearing down quick. My knees start hurting more. I've got pain in my feet again. I've got pain in my hips again. And I, I, I know that's what it's from, but I can't yet convince myself that that's what it's from. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you know, here, here's the thing, and this is, I, I can tell you a couple different, you know, stories about individuals, but I'll just kind of summarize it with this story. So in the seventies, when running really became big, okay. Um, the, the mileage guys and women were logging was insane. You know, we're talking 50, 60, 70, 80 miles a week. Okay. Or more. I mean, I, I'm sure you, and guess where they were running streets, yeah. sidewalks yeah. and Cardin, I worked with several guys of that vintage, you know, that are now in their sixties, seventies and their joints are shot. Their hips are shot. Their knees are shot. Their ankles are shot. They literally obliterated their joints. Now, do you think that, that, that technology is caught up enough to help some of that with shoes or not? Yeah, yeah, to some degree, but but the mileage, you know, you you can, you know, here's the thing, you can you can only do that so much before you're gonna start breaking stuff down. Yeah, do you know there? This is this is a fact. The guys that do the ultra marathons, do you know some of those guys have actually permanently damaged their heart? No, I didn't know that. Yes, they they've actually done on some of those. They will do a blood test once they finish. And they're looking for enzymes in the blood that would suggest cardiac damage. Yeah. And they found it. And it's not actually when I was looking at going to medical school, I worked with a lot of cardiologists. And one of them, the the the, the heart surgeon, was a four-time Ironman participant. And he did one of those ultra marathons. And he told me they they can cause permanent damage in your in your in your heart. That's insane. I mean, that that's that's crazy to me. And and but it makes sense. I mean, look at the physical exertion that you have to do to complete one of those. Oh, it's yeah. And, and you're talking the, the, you know, full, uh, admittance here that 
I, I did college track for a year. I was a pole vaulter and I was like, you know, I'll run 30 meters to get to the pits. That's about all I want to run. You ever run? Okay. You were never runner. I, I hate running. I was never a comfortable runner. You know, I'm, I'm six two. I'm kind of yeah. top heavy. I have a bigger chest and shoulders than my legs. You know, I had smaller legs. Yeah. I was never a comfortable. Do you know when I was a comfortable runner? Wait. When I weighed about 165 pounds, when I was a, when I was in high school and I was a pole vaulter, yeah. I could run all over the place. When and I, I can tell you actually to the day when I was in college pole vaulting, I broke my pinky, but I broke it really badly. It was a spiral fracture, and I had to cast. Yeah, and I couldn't pole vault. Yeah. Well, so a bunch of my buddies were the throwers, the big guys, yeah. and they're like, "Well, you need to come down and hang out, you know, lift weights with us." <laughs> and so I started hanging out with those guys, and pretty soon I'm just, <laughs> you know, I'm doing their weight workout and stuff, even with a cast. And and I started putting on weight. And I'm like, you know what? Screw pole vaulting. Those that's for skinny guys. Yeah, you know, big guy. I'm gonna be a big dude. <laughs> so it was, it was, you know. <laughs> next thing you know, two years later, I'm you know two sixty five, and I'm like, okay. But, but the, the big thing for me was, um, once I kind of got hooked on it, I didn't really get serious about lifting until I was about 20. Yeah. And once I caught the bug, it was game over. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where I'm at with running, but you know, it's, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a bug. I just, I can, I can just, I, I know the mental game. Yeah. Mental game. At this point. Here's what I would recommend. Okay. I would recommend diversifying your training. I would swim. I would bike. I would do things that are not hard on your joints. And that's what I try to do. When I'm when I'm in the actual train zone, I'm probably only running twice a week. And yeah. I'm biking for the other one. And my other cardio will come from hit or I won't or I'll maybe only do cardio three times a week. And when I'm really training, yeah. like when the summer hits, I'll be doing running only one time a week and then biking and and swimming. Yeah. I'm getting ready for the triathlons and stuff. And I know I know for a fact when I take the time and I'm only doing those runs and I'm doing low impact or anything else, those run days, I, I run faster and I can run farther. Right. Easy. I mean, it's without any pain at all, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. You're, you're letting your body recover and, and that's a huge thing. And so I, I think, you know, kind of trying to, to wrap all this in, because again, you know, on a topic like this, we could, we could really talk for hours and hours, but what I want people to understand is um, the main thing is everybody starts from somewhere and you, you need to put in the time to get the results. Even if your results, you know, even if you set the bar pretty low, you have to put in the consistency and the time to get anywhere. You know, it'd be like standing in a, in a particular spot and saying, well, I don't know why I'm not over there, but you're not walking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you got to take those steps. Yeah. Okay. And, and you also have to understand it's not easy for most people and no matter how awkward or how hard or how uncomfortable it makes you feel, that's the way a lot of people are. Yeah. And then, and the other thing I want to get out is that for people that are maybe really in it right now and they start hitting that point where they just lose their motivation, they, they're like, Okay, um, I've been doing this for five years. I've I've worked my ass off to get where I'm at. I'm just bored. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm bored with this, yep. and they have a really tough time transitioning to what I might consider more of the maintenance thing. And my advice to those people are: bring in something else in your life. You know, try something else. Keep the exercise. Yeah. So you you maintain the benefits, but don't put this focal point on the exercise. 
you know, use exercise now as that maintenance. You've worked really hard to get where you're at and now bring in something else in your life. Yeah. You know, try to find other interests in in something like that and and don't, don't get obsessed with just the working out part of it. Yep. And I've, I've definitely had to do that. Not that I've, I get bored, but I, you know, me as a person, I get bored with stuff anyways. So in the gym, if I'm doing the same thing, and I, I remember you saying this to me before where I, I think I said, you know, of course I'm the, I know everything about lifted now. That was like my second day in the gym. Yeah, but you can't do the same workouts all the time. And and you you literally said to me, you can do the exact same routine every time you come in here and you'll get results. I mean, if you're you're, you're to a point. Well, I mean, yep. if you're doing it the right way and you know, and everything like that. But how long how many times can you come in here and curl? You know what I mean? There's yeah, eventually I have to switch things up and I get to a point and I can tell. I get to a point, I go into the gym, I sit down, and I go, okay. I know that this lack of motivation is not coming from not wanting to work out. It's coming from not wanting to do my routine. So it's time to change. Time, time for right. something totally different. Just to reinvigorate what in the gym and do 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 it totally different. Right. Well, and that's yeah. I mean, all those are are valid observations, and and people do get bored, and and it becomes a struggle because then you 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 have to as a as a guy that's trying to motivate people or or just teach people how to motivate themselves. You, you're trying to get them to understand that that's a natural part of it too, you know, of getting burned out and getting bored and, and stuff. And, you know, the, the thing is people have asked me why, you know, what, what motivates you to keep exercising? And it's simple for me because I've been in shape and I've been out of shape and I much prefer to be in shape. Yeah, that, it's that simple. Yeah, and it, it is, it, it really is that simple. You can look back and go, that's what I used to feel like when I woke up. And that's what I used to feel like regularly. My, mental focus we talked about this but even just energy though yep. simple things like that and how you feel after you eat and things like that it just makes which is is the segue into the next episode which is the healthy yes i think you can't really you can't separate the two because i never no. realized no. anything in the gym or had any kind of the benefits that i have now when i didn't it, it wasn't until i changed my diet that i was able to see anything at all yeah right well, and there, and, and you're right. There's, there's so much, you know, there's so much information out there. And, the, and, and one of the last things I want to touch on, on this episode about the working out is the, the, you know, with, with the internet and all the information specifically on YouTube and stuff, um, it's like, what do people believe? And so I, I just want to uh, kind of end my spiel on this as far as, um, you have to be really careful on where you get your, your sources, you know, your information. Um, the, the big part that I have a problem with uh, specifically on YouTube, I'm pick on YouTube a little bit. Um, there's some very good, knowledgeable people on YouTube. And, and I think some of their information is, is very valid and it's good. The problem is there's a bunch of bullshit on there too. And people that really don't know, it's like, well, how do they tell who's, you know, who's really in it, who's not. So I, you know, a couple of things, what I've seen is anytime somebody has their shirt off during their whole presentation and they're trying to sell you on what they know by saying, Hey, look at me, you know, um, that's not a good sign. Okay. I, I guarantee in all my years of coaching, I didn't walk around with my shirt off using that as a reference, oh, yeah. you know, to, on. Come on. well, you guys want to, you guys want to have this baby, you know, these boys, these, these bad boys, you know, so my shirt back on. Cause now I realize, yeah, helpful. <laughs> well, I'm just like, come on, get real. And, and the other thing is I don't, I hate 
the whole premise of somebody that, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to pick on some guys, somebody takes steroids and then they get on YouTube and they get big and they get ripped and they look great. And then they come off as some kind of fitness guru and they don't bother to tell everybody, Oh yeah, by the way, yeah, I take steroids. By the way. Okay. Let me just tell you, steroids work. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There, there is a reason they're banned. Okay. They work. And so for somebody to come off using steroids and pretend like they don't and saying, well, you just need to eat right. You need to work out and all this stuff. That's a lie. Okay. It's a lie. And, you know, I, I've had this discussion with so many people about, well, you can get big. Here, here's a saying that was out there, and I don't know if it's still out there now, but there's big guys and there's lean guys. Yeah. But when you say, when you see big lean guys, that kind of makes you wonder. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what, like everything else, there's exceptions to the rule. Yeah. But I'm saying when you see some guy sporting about four or five, 6% body fat and he's pretty jacked, that's pretty hard to do naturally. Yeah. Okay. So, so going back to trust, you know, you, you have to be wary of your, of your sources. And, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of cure all, well, you know, cure all workouts that you know, all you need to do to get extra two inches on your biceps is this lift. That's bullshit. You know, there's so many other factors involved with that kind of stuff. And, and honestly, you know, if, if your whole goal for lifting is to put two on two inches on your bicep, you know, what, what do you do if a, you get the two inches or B you can't, right. You know, you just hang it up. What, what you know, yeah. that goes back to the goals thing. What are you doing it for? What are you really doing? Yeah. Exactly. And, and so I, I really, I, I really caution people to, you know, look at their sources and, and, and spend some time in, into kind of validating what, what these people are saying, you know, there, there's enough information. Um, and the National Strength Conditioning Association puts out a ton of good information that is, that is valid. It's peer reviewed. It's, it's by a professional strength coach that put the, that kind of stuff out. There, there is good information out there, but you have to do your due diligence to kind of sort through the the bull crap. Well, that, you that's know. you know that's the truth for everything, especially right now. I'm yes. in the age of misinformation. You really got it. You you got to look at everything with a skeptical eye. Where is this coming from? Well, What's the purpose of it? Yeah, all of it. You know, you have to. Yeah, yeah, and and guys that are selling their workouts online and all that stuff. I, I'm sorry. I'm just I I don't like that. My my whole premise with getting involved with people was to help them improve the quality of their life. Yeah. Right. Um, and I don't need to charge people to do that. You know, I mean, I, I did work, um, at facilities and sports medicine facilities and I did get paid, but it was, it was a nominal fee for the time that I spent with those people. Yeah. You know, and I just feel like, you know, exercising is, is probably one of the, the most critical improvements somebody can make, you know, again, tying in with the eating. Um, so, okay. So we've, we've chew, absolutely blown out an hour. Yeah, we have, we totally, have. oh, okay. Do you hear that? Oh no. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> go, go ahead and do it. You might as well do it. Uh, okay. I, and last time we had talked about that, I was, I think I was too, um, chimpanzee <laughs> and you didn't. No, you said an orangutan. Oh, orangutan. I don't, I don't know what the hell it was. I think I want to be closer to a, uh, spider monkey on this one. So. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. 
Oh my god. That was that that sounded like an outtake from a porn or something. That was terrible. Like, that was supposed to be a monkey. A monkey. That's like when you walk. What happened just to what you need to be doing that? If you would have ended up with that, that would have been classic. Oh god. Okay, so what's the monkey moment question of the night? Throw it just a straight up curveball at you. So I hope you're okay. Because we we had talked about this before, but this is not going to be what this is. Okay. What is something over the course of the last uh, few months? Uh, it it can be anything. I'm talking books, a movie, a video game, uh, an artist, anything that you can recommend for our listeners. And I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and start for you. I'll bite the bullet on this one and give you. Okay. Yeah, because that that wow, that's out of left field. That has absolutely nothing to do with the conversation. But no, exactly. <laughs> but that's good. I, I like it. You're changing it up, buddy. That's good. I just read a finished a book called Recursion. It's by a guy named um, Blake Couch, um, and it is it was excellent. It was really good. It was uh, right up my alley. I kind of like weirder stuff anyways, but the writing style was good, and it had a lot to do with, um, I don't want to give anything away, but it had a lot to do with um, time travel and Ooh. memory and uh, the kind of intermixing of those two. So, it, you know, it was it was excellent. And actually, Jenna is reading it now, and she's really enjoying it. And uh, I had another friend that uh, had read another book by the same author that said it was it was great as well. So I'm reaching out for his next one, which is also called, it's not his next one, it's the one he wrote, wrote previously called Dark, Dark Matter. And I'm going to get into that one. It's really good. It's like, a this, this book is like a classic popular fiction it reads really easy but the story is really engrossing it just kind of keeps you into it it's a great great way to uh, it's got a great story but it's an easy uh, easy read at the end of the night you know so um and and what was the name of it it was called recursion 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 yeah it's really good and see i like time travel type stuff i'm i'm not a huge sci-fi guy but definitely that that is a a topic that kind of intrigues me would like this one a lot because it's time travel but it's also kind of memory stuff it's just it's really it's really well formulated the idea of it it's it's a good it's a great book and it's worth checking out well um okay so um now you can i'm talking products you can do shoes uh, jeans. Uh, here's a pair of specs. I like my, uh, my new watch, my monocle. (laughs) Okay. Um, okay. So there, oh, um, okay. I'll, I, I, I just thought of one. Okay. So back in the nineties, there was a a band called tonic. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and I like tonic. I really liked them. Oh my gosh. Um, and they were, they were rock, but they were, they were, you know, they were kind of, um, if, if you went back and listened to some of their, their more popular songs, okay. you would, um, you'd, you'd remember them. So anyway, so I'm, I'm going through my, um, Apple music and I'm looking for, you, you know, I, I, I make the terrible mistake of, I, I listen to the same music over and over, I mean, you know, yes. And, and so on Apple music, I'll download, you know, a few here and there. And I thought, you know, God, there's so much music and I'm trying to, I'm trying to dig back into the stuff that I used to listen to back in the, you know, eighties, nineties and you know, 2000 rock music anyway. And, and I go tonic, you know, I love tonic. Well, the guy that the main singer in Tonic was a guy named Emerson Hart. Okay. And he released an album in nine, in 2019. And I, I completely forgot about the guy. So downloaded it. It's awesome. Is it really good? It, it is good. His name is Emerson Hart. 
Um, it's on iTunes. And he, you know, it, it's just, um, I, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, how do you describe it? It's not like rock, like tonic was. It was, it's guitar singing, a lot of vocals and stuff, and there's drums and stuff, but it's just, it's really good music, you know, kind of, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the genre really would be, but, but it's, uh, but it's good music. And, and I love his voice and, and he was a phenomenal singer or is. So that was just a, it, you know, it's kind of like when you dig in your pockets and you find a 20 you forgot about or something, yeah. you go, Oh yes. Man. And uh, so I, I downloaded the, 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 I was, I was just getting ready to work out when I, when I downloaded yeah. it and yeah, I listened to it over and over and it's, it's very good. So, nice. so that's my recommendation is check it out. And I think, you know, I kind of know your music taste as well. We have similar, I think you'll really like well, it. Well, here's the, I, I have a, a, this fond memory of tonic, you know, the song, if you could only see. Yeah, yeah. 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 I have this fond memory of as a kid, I would listen to the radio. I'd put the radio on like really, really quiet in my room as like everybody was sleeping. And I would sit with my hands on the recorder and whenever they would play a song that I would like, I would record it. And uh, that was one of the songs that I recorded. I listened to that thing probably until the the, the tape just destroyed. But that was like one of my the <laughs> tape, yeah. the cassette tape. Oh, kids! Kids have no idea. Yeah. Well, this this I just I just found it on my phone. It's uh, the name of the album is Thirty Two Thousand Days by Emerson Hart and. Anyway, I just, like I said, I, I'm always thrilled when I, I, I discover some new music and uh, I need to do more of that because like I said, I kind of get in that same rut of, you know, not, not getting in. And then you get people like my kid, my youngest son has thousands of songs. I'm like, how in the hell do you, you, you know, listen to those. Come and, on. Just like, and it seems like he knows the words to every one of them. Uh, and I barely know the words to happy birthday. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm a drummer. What can I say? I'm a rhythm guy. I don't listen to lyrics. Oh man. But I am, I am definitely guilty of listening to the same CDs from, from high school where I'm just like, eh, I know everything on there, throw it on. I'm just going for a run anyways. Yeah. Well, great. Hey, thank well, you. Well, um, you jumped into that one. <laughs> like I said, that was a bit of a curveball, but uh, that's a cool recommendation. I'm actually going to check that out. That's I'm excited. Well, about. yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, well, and the same, you know, I, I'll, I'll be completely hundred percent honest. Um, no, no, I'm not a huge book guy. Uh, I, I, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I have lots of books and they have pictures, but, um, yeah. no for, I, okay. So I'm one of those guys that when I find a book that really intrigues me, like the, the last series of books that I just ate it up was Malcolm Gladwell's blank. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, um, tipping point and all those. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, because those are just really tough to put down Yeah, and you're learning, you know, I'm a, I'm a, um, nonfiction guy. Yeah. And so, but, but I've, I've started so many and they just, they just don't give me the, that kind of, you know, that kind of stimulation that I need to really stay interested. So, um, well, it's like, so you, Blair, you got to give it, yeah, I know. Pages, you can't put it down before 30 pages. You got to exercise the brain. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's good. And, and you've, you've, you've always been really good about, you know, you, you like to read and yeah, stuff. And, right. you know, I, I really wish. I wish I had the attention span to read more. I was to say, here's his attention span. <laughs> it's not, it has nothing to do with it. Just, <laughs> I need that constant feedback. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, give me it. That, yeah, that's probably why yeah, I liked video games so much is there's your brain just like, what? 
what is going on, man? There's just stuff all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, okay. Well, listen, great. You know, I, I, again, I feel a little guilty because I feel like there's so much more to talk about and maybe we'll have a follow-up, you know, we'll maybe narrow it down. Cause I, you know, for, for people that are actually interested in this particular topic, there, there's a lot to talk about with, with working out and stuff. And I, I guess what I, I hopefully got across was, um, you know, is just the importance of just taking that step. Yeah. You know, yep. just taking that step. And, and I love the fact that you could, from that perspective, you know, where you were at and the results that you've gotten, and then you're, you're in that maintenance stage. And, and I think you'll be there your whole life. And you were lucky enough to find somebody, Jenna, your wife that shares that common bond with you. And, and, and that is awesome. And, and I just, again, to, to people that may or may not be there, it's just like, you know what, just take that step you gotta take and, it. and set your goals appropriately. And, and you'll be glad you did. Yeah, you will. The rewards are, you know, incalculable. So, okay. So next episode, we'll talk about, um, kind of the diet end of it or that, uh, I don't like using that word that the eating end of it. How's eating, that? Cause I've done some fads. So we'll, this will, I know we'll have a lot of talking points. <laughs> on this I did the, all I know I you do like to eat, diet. buddy. You do like to eat. I do the, all diet <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> all right. So that's where we're headed. So the, the second part we'll do, uh, on our next episode, but for tonight, I guess we'll call it a wrap. Okay episode all right good night good night card good night Blair <laughs>